We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready. I'm in Oxford, sort of kind of the Clark Ford studio. Neil in Hoover, Alabama for SEC Media days, it is uh, the unofficial start to the football season that has a two-week hiatus, and then football season begins. We will talk about uh, a lot about Greg Sankey today. He spoke to the uh, media this morning. He um, was the subject of a Sports Illustrated story that was published today as well. So a good bit of uh, Greg Sankey is on the eve of Lane Kiffin's first SEC Media Days appearance as well tomorrow at the uh, at their Winfrey, so we'll talk about that. And uh, and it's not a Winfrey anymore, is it? It's a Hyatt? What is it? It's the Hyatt Regency Winfrey Hotel. So it still has Winfrey in the name. I think very begrudgingly the people at Hyatt use the word Winfrey. <laughs> Politics, money involved there somehow. You got, a, you got a feeling? I think it's more, believe it or not, I think it's more media days has turned the Winfrey into a Do you thing. really? I, that's what I think. It's a weird self. We'll do it in a minute. Okay. Oxford Exxon, uh, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, 569, two sides of bread, 32 ounce drink. Download the Speed Pass Plus app, take advantage of that, earn points, and save money there with, uh, with it. That's all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi, including the Oxford Exxon. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900, Highway 25 South. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He will take care of you. And you're finishing up the podcast. Or sorry, Mitch, finishing up your deal. Mention the podcast. Might get a little extra something on top there as well. So go to Corey, no matter where you're at in the car buying process, and let him take care of you. And again, any uh, any guests, we will have some guests this week. Those join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Um, <clears throat> the subculture, Neil, is that you do. You, you, you've got like it's become this household name because it's the media days. You've got like the baseball teams that try to win to get into the Winfrey. The, the Winfrey, I guess, because it is attached where it's attached, and just by circumstance, in a lot of ways, has become what it's become. But it has. I mean, it is. It's become probably the one place in Birmingham that most just random sports people can actually name from a hotel standpoint. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's big with sports riders, which is like, woo. Whatever um, that means, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's, but it's not a Marriott property. We know how they are with their points and all their crap. And yeah, it's, it's not a Hilton property either for those yeah. of us who are Hilton. Uh, how did you, you make your decision on those two? Did it just, was it happenstance or did you actually have a Hilton Marriott decision? Uh, it was really more when I started covering Auburn as a beat writer and I was on the road as much as I was, the place that I liked was the Hilton Garden Inn. Okay. And so, therefore. I, I find myself preferring the, the, the Hilton properties, but I don't know if it's because it's just what I've always done and that's the points I've accumulated or if I actually have a real tangible reason why the Hilton Garden Inn or whatever is better than the, 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 the version of that for uh, the Marriott, I guess the residence Inn or whatever, whatever they're called. So I, I, I don't know, but, and then at one point we like stole one because the embassy suites at one point was Marriott, right? And then became a Hilton property. Oh, is that right? I think so. Maybe something like that. Most embassy suites are now kind of old. Yeah. Like the thing about the Hyatt, the Winfrey is that it's old. It's attached to a mall that used to be a really big deal, but like indoor malls aren't that big of a deal anymore. Have you been in the mall? Uh, not today. I, I walked I walked about 10 feet into it because I was going to look for Ryan Brown and those guys, but he wasn't there. Well, my question was, are, are is it full of stores that are actually open or has the shopping mall lost tons of stores and it's no longer a thing to that extent? That is a good question that I'm unable to answer at this moment. I might venture over there at some point later in the next couple of days. I think the one in Tupelo has been like, they've lost tons of stores. I mean, I hadn't been in years. I can't even tell you the last time I was in the mall at Barnes Crossing, but I, I don't think that, I think that's one of the things along with the video rental store and the other things that have gone the way as father time has moved on here. I, I don't think that the shopping mall has kept hundred percent capacity from a store standpoint. Um, but yeah, pretty lively food court. The, the Winfrey used to be a big deal. Used to be, yeah. used to be the deal. Now it's just the location of this uh, thing, you know. Because it was funny. They always did all that with with Hoover with the baseball tournament, but then the media hotel was god awful. And I think it maybe became a Hyatt too. It was like in a Maristar or Maris something back in the day. And then I want to say Hyatt brought bought that property. It was right there on was it John Hawkins Parkway or whatever the little main drag is right there in uh in Hoover, but I never actually stayed there. I'd go, I'd go on down to like one of the Hilton properties kind of toward the end by the Galleria down there back when. Yeah, we I've stayed at the, uh, it's the Homewood Suites out off 280 a lot, like a whole lot. Um, and uh, I used to stay at the, there's a Hilton out there by the Colonnade that I would stay there a good bit because it was right there off 459. And um this time I'm more in like downtown Birmingham. I'm at a Homewood Suites near UAB. Okay. That area is not bad though. No, it's kind of cool. I mean, there's yeah. like some restaurants you can walk to and stuff like that. Yeah. This part of the podcast brought to you by the Birmingham Chamber of Commerce as we move on into uh, the events. Birmingham's cool, man. I, look, I, I've said this. I mean, I, I, I lived in Birmingham for a few years a long time ago. Birmingham's a cool town. Um, I mean, the I think scene is really underrated. Yeah, the, this. It just I guess it's not anymore because, like, Highland Grill won like the Beard Award for the best restaurant in the country a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, where I am is not far from that place at all. Um, it, it's just a, it's a really cool. I, I love Birmingham. I think it's a neat city. So, 
Greg Sankey today, I, we got a lot of stuff. There's plenty here. My, my, my favorite thing, though, was, and to their credit, a couple would come in after this and correct it, but the number of sports writers today who goes, oh, God, Greg Sankey was amazing. He could take Mark Emmert's job. And it's like, okay, the demotion going from the commissioner of the SEC to the paper-pushing head of the NCAA, like, that's not an upgrade for Greg Sankey at any point. No. He's in a no. much better position as the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference. Yes. Personally. Yes. Um, look, he said a lot. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm writing a notebook right now, and I was trying to figure out what do I lead with? What do I include? I mean, there's about 10 things. If I worked for other publications, it'd be like 12 stories. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I don't – you know, I mean – for Ole Miss fans, I think the most interesting thing, I guess, I don't know, I'm not, I don't know, is the COVID vaccination forfeit type stuff, it, I think. It's the one thing that is the most, forget Ole Miss, to, to SEC football fans, it is the thing that's the most tangible as far as how it could actually impact something coming up. Because we can do all the other stuff about what Greg Sankey talked about, and it's all big-picture things that are, I guess, important or, or interesting or whatever you want to call them. But when it comes down to forfeiting football games in a season, that's what most fans would care about. And it is. It's, it's fairly fascinating as you look at it. And I think Sankey said six of the 14 teams were either at or closing in on 80% for a vaccination rate for their roster. Um, 85 is the key number. 85% for an SEC football team means that they don't have to wear masks indoors. It means that they really don't test regularly. It means, for the most part, you're immune to the, the mass positives that could potentially cancel a game, postpone a game, change a season, whatever you want to talk about from that regard. So that's the number. And as of right now, only six are even sniffing it, if you will. Um, I, I know Ole Miss, I know other SEC schools are doing – everything possible to incentivize vaccinations inside their rosters and on their campuses from things as little as, you know, what kind of the same standpoint, what your quality of life is from a testing, from a mask, from a social distancing standpoint, if you've been vaccinated versus not being vaccinated and even, even tangibly. I mean, I've heard of schools giving different shoes, giving different clothing, giving different goods to you if you, uh, if you have been vaccinated to this point. I'm told Ole Miss is nowhere close to the 85%. And I have no idea. I don't – I can't verify that. So, I'm going to be very, very careful here and just say that's what I'm told. I'm told that they're, they're not close. I was telling Chase before we got started, there's only two schools that I've heard with a level of conviction that I think are over the 80 – is it 85%? 85 over. is the number that actually keeps you from having to be tested, yes. I've heard Vanderbilt is over that number, and I've heard Arkansas is over that number from sources who would absolutely know. So there are four others, that, and I don't know who they are. I don't know who they aren't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure Ole Miss is not one of the six. Um, and, and like I said, I, I, I'm told from multiple people that they're not, they're not close. And I don't know what you can do if you're, you know, one of those schools, but what does it mean? Well, it means that they're going to be testing. And I don't know, you know, I don't, with, and I don't want to get into all the politics of it all, but like, I don't know what the PCR is, you know, how, how many, what's the, 
what, what's the likelihood of, of tests? What happens if you, if you test positive? I guess you go back into quarantine. Um, what was interesting today with Greg Sankey was he said there won't be any rescheduling of games, that they, they, they're not building that into the schedule the way that they did a year ago. Um, he is advocating getting rid of the roster minimums, and you either are healthy enough to play or you're not. And while he didn't – I've seen people report that Greg Sankey said that teams would forfeit games. I didn't hear him specifically say that. And I've gone back and read the transcript, and that's not precisely he what said he said. The will not be made up. Yeah. and, and That's so, not the same thing. Right. He hinted at and acknowledged the possibility of them using the word forfeit. He did not say that, but what he, what he did say, and what's more important than the, the delineation between a no contest and a forfeit, is the games wouldn't be made up. Well, that would be a financial loss. Um, you know, that would, that would impact your postseason hopes if you were having a special kind of season. Um, I mean, it, it, was, it was a clear uh, – separation from where they were a year ago where everyone was testing people were teams were having breakouts at different times games were being rescheduled almost willy-nilly to the league's credit where they got god damn I mean excuse me almost every game in I mean holy hell think about how many times they moved games around there was what like three games the whole year that got canceled I thought it was three yeah you know I mean it's, it may only be two now that I think about it I two or three one with A&M yeah, Ole Miss and A&M, it was one. And... It was like a Missouri somebody. Vanderbilt yeah. ended up having at least one and canceled. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just can't remember. But regardless, I mean, they did a remarkable job of getting the games in, but they did a, they, they did a schedule shuffle that they're not going to do this year. So he was pretty frank about it in much the same way that Bob Bowlesby was a week ago at the big 12 media days. When, if you, if you want to avoid that, you better test. And um, I mean, you better, you better vaccinate and you see all the headlines about the Delta variant and, and, and all that stuff. And it kind of has a funny feel to it. There were a handful of writers that I talked to today that were really seeming to indicate that they felt like, we were headed back towards another season of, of uh, a lot of Zoom calls. Really? I, yeah, it seems to, there was a buzz about that today, which was, okay, um, it'd be nice to know. It'd be nice to, uh, be nice to make a plan. Um, but, yeah, COVID-19 and the Delta variant, very much, uh, very much a headlining news story today. I, I haven't heard. I know that Ed Orgeron has spoken to the media. I know that uh, Dan Mullen has spoken to the media. I haven't read their transcripts yet to know whether they were asked whether their teams were vaccinated or not. It, it will be one of the questions for Lane Kiffin tomorrow because it's kind of got to get asked at some point. People have got to, he might not like that question and I don't blame him, but it's going to get asked and he'll have an opportunity to answer it. Um, Vanderbilt, Georgia was canceled, and then obviously Missouri and Iowa and their bowl game was can were canceled. Yeah, and Arkansas's bowl game got canceled with that's right. I can't remember who they were supposed to play. But. I don't either. Feels like twelve years ago. 
It does. It's amazing. It was December. I was looking to see if Orgeron said anything interesting. Shane Beamer also speaking to the media today. Yeah, it's tree falls and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so negative against it, but I just think it is complete and utter milk toast and going to fail at the same time. I mean, do one or the other, either win or be interesting, but I feel like he's going to be uninteresting and lose. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, it's, it's kind of like when someone's back in the day when they were trying to set you up with a girl and the first thing they would say about her was she's really nice. I mean, you sort of knew what that meant. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know, it meant that nah, she's, she's not particularly attractive and it is what it is. I'm sure that when anybody said something about me, it was like, he's really nice, which would be a lie too. But um, <laughs> I, mean, I wonder how you didn't go do well with women. I mean, unattractive and not overly nice. Yeah. I mean, I mean what the hell would someone have said? Well, you know, he's um, – and he's a sports writer. He can write a little bit. He's not um, – So, it's going to take him two decades to make money. He's not good looking, and he's not particularly nice. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, with Beamer, it's like the first thing someone says about him is, yeah, he's a really nice guy. I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that's going to get you to the Citrus Bowl. Um, yeah. As opposed to, you know, as much crap as we give him drink with, too, probably is a pretty good football coach. No, I mean, yeah. yeah. Eli, Drinkwitz is, Eli Drinkwitz is a really good football coach. I mean, he just is. It's, I mean, you know, it's, he, he might be a gooby and have some social issues or whatnot, but the guy's very clearly a good football coach. Um, he's recruiting at a pretty good level, too, right now. Missouri's – Missouri might be one of the three or four programs in the league that are sort of being undersold right right now. Might have a little a little stock value to them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Orgeron, nothing overly interesting. He was asked a ton of. Uh, he declined comment on Title Nine, which was not a shock. And then he uh, talked about NIL a lot, and that was pretty much it. He got asked a lot of minutiae coaching questions. Like coaching search questions, like his assistants and stuff. Clearly some local media just asking things about the program there. I'm looking so, to see. Did he not have like a local session before like most people do? I don't know. He might not have this time. It might be so caustic that he didn't. Okay. I'm looking to see if there's anything from Mullen about – here it is. Mullen was asked, what percentage of your team has been vaccinated for COVID? His answer, and I quote, I'm not going to get into the specific numbers right now, but I think we're doing very well with that, with those numbers. I think when you look at COVID and what we dealt with last year, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, in the state of Florida, our governor has done an amazing job with the accessibility of the vaccine for quite a while now, et cetera. We're getting close to the thresholds that you need to be at. So Florida's not there either. But they're potentially close. According to Dan Mullen. Close and, and, and close is a relative thing at this point. I mean, uh, you know. Hey, and 30 more kids, we're there. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, that's just, you know. But what I was going to say earlier is I, I empathize with these coaches and stuff, but the people that are like, you just mandated. Well, they can't. No. They, they can't, and, and there are a lot of people on um, 
there are a lot of people on college campuses. There's a lot of college-aged people who feel very strongly about their desire to um, get see more results from these these uh, vaccines before they take them, and it should surprise absolutely no one that that football players are just like the, the rest of the student body. There are segments of the student, of the football player population that are vaccine hesitant for a, and in many cases, Chase, if you think about it, a lot of the football players have already had COVID. Yeah. And so they, they're like, I don't know why I'm getting it. And I don't know, we'll see. It's gonna be, I mean, I'm not particularly optimistic based on some things I've heard in the last 24 hours that this is going to be an uneventful football season from a COVID standpoint. I said a week ago that I thought COVID was about to become a really big story again in college athletics. And I had some people tell me I was wrong. And I said, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, quick aside here, as we go through some more things happen, media day, Sankey and whatnot. Um, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning will uh, headline an alternate Monday night football telecast beginning this season, 10 games each season, 2021, 2022, and 2023. Says uh, they will be at a remote location. Celebrities, including iconic and current players, will join new Monday night football megacast offering airs on ESPN2 with distribution across all Disney properties, including ESPN+. Plus complements traditional telegast on ESPN or ABC each week, which features Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, Lewis Riddick, Lisa Salters, and John Perry. And it is in conjunction with Omaha Productions, which I'm assuming is Peyton Manning's company. So um, just a little uh, thing there from Adam Schefter, Eli and Peyton on during Monday Night Football beginning uh, this season. I have to be honest, I would watch Eli and Peyton do Monday Night Football. I wouldn't be more likely to watch it than I will the actual announcers. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would be all in on, on Elon Payton. In fact, I think that would make me more likely to watch a game. Do you really? I do. I, Payton's funny, and Eli, ever since retirement, has let his personality get out there a little bit more. And yeah. It's dry in a great way. He's, yeah, he's got a really kind of, yeah, dry wit about him. and Self-deprecating in a funny way. Yeah, and – you know, Peyton used to sort of get on my nerves a little bit, but it's pretty funny. You would get humor, you would laugh, you'd probably get a little football acumen during the show as well when they'd see things or whatever. Sure. You probably would get a little of everything. But, you know, a lot of times that week eight NFL game between a team that's four and five and a team that's three and six, it's there's no point in pretending that it's dramatic. I mean, there's like this radio guy that the, the, the Cubs radio announcers, I listen to a lot of their games on the radio and the guy that does the fifth inning because um, Pat Hughes takes the fifth inning off. Okay. What's he doing? I guess he just goes and gets a cup of coffee or a tea or whatever, rests his voice for a minute and takes that inning off. Um, uses the facilities, I would guess. I, I, I don't know. Maybe he grabs a bite. I don't, I don't know. Nobody wrote a story about that? I mean, because I have a lot of interest. What does he do during the, the, the fifth inning? I would assume that it is the mundane things that we just discussed. It's a, hey, you, you stretch your legs. Is he watching the game? I would assume that he keeps up with it. 
But even in the World Series, when the Cubs were in the World Series back ages ago, he, he took the fifth inning off. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so, anyway, the guy that does it now, he's very dramatic all the time. And you're like, dude, it's like game 87. In the fifth inning. And it's the fifth inning, and they're not doing – there's no – there's nothing happening here. He'll say, ground ball to Baez, a flip to uh, whoever it is at second base, over to Rizzo for a double play, a double play. And you're like, dude, chill. It's – this is not game four of the NLCS. I mean, it's, it's a Sunday against the Diamondbacks in a season that's over. And But, yeah, so sometimes – Football announcers will make every game super dramatic. So I might be more apt to listen to Peyton and Eli being silly and then every once in a while saying, well, here's what they're doing there. And Yeah. The biggest problem with me is I don't care about, like, other celebrities or anybody else. Just give me Peyton and Eli. Don't, yeah. don't overcomplicate this. Just Yeah, don't get away from just, – just serve the meat and the potatoes, please. Yeah, I don't need the singer coming in for a quarter. I'm, I'm no. Good. Well – not to beat up on the Cubs broadcast crew, but, you know, the Cubs have made such a big deal out of the seventh inning stretch with Harry Carey and all that, that they, whoever the celebrity singer is, they interview them throughout the damn seventh inning. And so it's the seventh inning sometimes of baseball games. And until this year, the Cubs have been playing meaningful games the last, you know, the last few years. And so you'll have this game in September that like has division championship re- ramifications and in the seventh inning they're interviewing some you know this is every home game yeah they're interviewing some musician or something and you just want to scream like no 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 it's two to two in the seventh let's focus on the ball game if we're going to do this let's do it in the second our starters at 103 pitches like what's going on we go into the pen like yeah you're like the nationals have two on and two out we're and and we're we're we're, we're, (laughs) what are we doing yeah so have you dreamed about singing this the whole time, your whole lot? Okay, great, awesome. Yeah, or they'll bring in like Pat Fitzgerald, the Northwestern football coach. Hey, what do you think about the season? It's like not now. <laughs> this is not the time. We're trying to get Bryce Harper out. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, you're you're good. I don't whatever. Uh, are you? Is Fitzgerald staying there forever, or is he going to be in the NFL? I mean, he's staying there for a long time. I mean, yeah. I, you know me, forever is a really big word. I don't like words that big, but. Um, yeah, yeah. He can yeah. get an NFL gig. I mean, he's, he's done a hell of a job there. They love him. So what'd you make of some of the other stuff Sankey said? He said, Power Five's not breaking away anytime soon. He was critical of the NCAA enforcement staff. Incredibly critical. Uh, he, he, he watered it down a little bit in person today, but his, his comments to, to Dellinger were, were strong. And Ross was sitting right behind me today, so I don't, I don't think the commissioner was avoiding him. Um, and I get, frankly, I, I get where people are frustrated with, with that part of it, especially for Ole Miss people. They feel like, God, they got ramrodded, and, and since then nobody does anything. And, you've got this case against LSU that's now in like year 11 or whatever and, and, and nothing happened. Literally no movement. Just nothing. And, and to his credit, he was critical of that. Uh, because what he didn't say was if there's never any enforcement, 
there's people are, are, are just going to throw the rules to the, to the, to the aside, to the side. And, and especially now with, uh, you know, the transfer portal, which is, makes a, a, an environment ripe for uh, roster. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, tampering, I guess is the word. Manipulation is what I was going to say. But he did talk about the need to, to – he's been very critical, Sankey has. He's been one of the leading voices on this. And he said it to – I thought it, here was a great – not great, it was fascinating – 1,600 players entered the football transfer portal. 1,100 are still in it. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. It's seen as this magical Oz of a destination and an answer for all these kids. And for a few absolute premium prospects, it absolutely is. And they can pick their spots and they're, they're, they're there. And then you got a next group that, yeah, they can help some teams. And then you got a group that the answer is to lose your scholarship and end up back where you were at potentially or go down a level. Yeah, well, what you have, and then you have this rule that is that is is going to lead to a lot of high school guys not getting opportunities. You have this rule that says you have twenty five. A transfer portal guy counts against the twenty five. So even if you lose nine guys in the transfer portal, if you only have two spots in your twenty five available, that's your that, that's your group. It's a really stupid rule. It, it it was it was not thought out at all and it needs to get fixed mm -hmm. and it needs to be fixed and, and to Sankey's credit he said this today it needs to be fixed in a way that doesn't just open up the market for for roster tampering um you know they, they don't want college football to become free agency but it's yet, already nine, nine tenths of the way there and yet it is you know and then he there's there was you know, there was talk in that story with, of, of Ross Dellinger's today about, I mean, it referenced baseball, it referenced softball, it referenced tennis, golf, some of the different sports that, you know, why aren't these full equivalency scholarships? And at some of these schools, and, and the SEC is one of them, well, the money to do that would probably be there if you didn't pay your football coaches $7 million. And if you didn't commit $80 million or what, I'm, I'm making up numbers to your indoor practice facility slash weight room or whatnot. I mean, there's, it, it kind of feels like the, the college athletics is approaching the, the crossroads of the way we used, the way you used to do it, the way that, because here's the thing, the athletes all want a piece of the NIL and I get that. And they want to get paid and I get that. Yet at the same time, they want all the bells and whistles and stuff. One, you know, you, you look at some of these SEC, I guarantee you, for example, Chase, Alabama's football complex is nicer than, I bet, 29 or 30 of the 32 NFL complexes. Yeah. Of course. Georgia, I mean, they just did a huge, was it Butts Mayor? I mean, a huge addition yeah. there. I mean, Ole Miss is doing meeting center stuff. I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't have this on record or anything, but I mean, I heard that the money that for the naming rights to pavilion, a lot of that was going toward the Manning Center to kind of accelerate that that process of the the the, the enhancements that were going on. No, that it, it's a it's a fascinating point. Yeah, they want the money, but at the same time, the recruiting tools and the creature comforts and all the things that go on with the actual facility, 
remain maybe the most important parts of some of this from a from a from a players choosing players transferring all this kind of crap and it, it's just thing kind of plays out the the portal I don't know how it's going to evolve but I feel like we, we're a couple steps away from whatever that's going to look like long term we've got obvious flaws in all directions with that portal and maybe they've got to do something and I know and you and I don't really disagree but the roster management thing is a huge problem. They have to figure out how to handle that roster management. Now, in the same token, they make tons of money to figure that out without every rule benefiting them versus the player. But in some of it, it's almost kind of Darwinism. The player has to understand his stock, understand what's going on. And I don't – I feel badly because I think they get influenced and pushed in directions. But I don't necessarily feel bad for the player that gets trapped in the portal with nowhere to go. Nobody made him do it. No. And, and at this point – Maybe the ones at the very beginning that went into the portal, but the ones now who go into the portal and then there's nowhere to go, I don't have any sympathy. You, the documentation is right in front of them. If, you, if, you're not, if you're not smart enough to have your people reach out to other people and make sure that you have a home, it's kind of on you. Like Jacquez Jones, for example. Jacquez did not transfer out of Ole Miss until he knew he had a landing spot at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Knew, he, knew where he was going. That'll be one of the things I'm interested to talk to Chance Campbell when we have him on starting next month is take me through that process. What was, what was that like? How much did you know? How much did you know where you were going before you went? What was, how did you do that communication without it being tampering? Because it's the closest – I'm trying to think. I guess other sports than football had one-time transfer rules until 2007 or eight, something like that. Isn't that right? I think so. I was going to finish my – you didn't interrupt me. I, I interrupted myself. It's why I really don't have a problem with tampering. I don't have a problem with tampering if it's the player that initiates the tampering. Well, yeah, that's not really tampering in the sense of at least the connotation I'm giving it and you're giving it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you know, if, if – well, let's use one because I know, I know how it went down because I obviously know the coach. Andy Kennedy did not call K.J. Buffin. K.J. Buffin called Andy Kennedy. Right. I have no problem with K.J. reaching out and making sure, hey, that, would, would that be a possible landing place for me before he got into the portal? I would have a problem. Huh? That's smart is what that is. Yeah. Now, would I have a problem with Andy calling and saying, hey, uh, if you'll get in the portal, you can come here? Yeah, because that's tampering. I know, I know that didn't happen. And so as long as it's not that, I don't really have a problem with creating an avenue for kids to explore without getting into the portal and to do, do it with some degree of privacy. And right now that's not technically there. Probably needs to be. Proving that is a oh, whole another ball of wax. Well, and, and this is where you get into the whole enforcement thing. The, the enforcement people can't do anything right now. And, and, and Sankey was asked, is that, is Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News asked the question, is it still an a, an active organization, if you will. And he said it was, but I'll tell you what, man, they're not getting much done on, on these high profile cases. I mean, yeah, they'll come down and they'll crush them a Southeastern Louisiana, but do you have the teeth to go to, to 
enforce against a big boy right now? And it appears the answer is no. And they get to – because they let them go longer and longer and longer and longer and let them draw out, it's almost become a standard now. They can use it as a crutch now to just let nothing happen forever and ever. And I, and I think in some ways that was <laughs> – there was a lot of ways to read it. But there was a little bit of nuance in what Sankey said. He didn't say nobody should ever be punished and you shouldn't hurt anybody. You should, he said you should timely get on with it one way or the other. That's not the same thing. It's not that there shouldn't be enforcement or shouldn't be whatever. It's just nothing should ever go five years. Whatever the problem is, let's adjudicate it and move on and, and, and get out of, get out of the way and, and, and get to the next thing. I mean, which is – you would think would be a very clear thing everyone would agree on, but hence here we are. Um, yeah. He was softer on Mark Emmert in some ways than he had been in other things today. Not pleased with Emmert, but softer. Well, he'd already taken his shots this morning. Um you know, in, in that environment, he probably was being respectful and collegial. And look, I don't doubt for a minute that Emmert has a really hard job. I, you know, I, one of the points that came out in, in, in Dellinger's story, and it was referenced again this morning, is that it is insane, if you think about it, that Alabama and Alabama State or Alabama and Binghampton are – subject to the same set of mm -hmm. rules and regulations. It's the two organizations, if you will, couldn't be any more different. It, it's a disservice to Alabama and it's a disservice to Binghampton. I mean, you know, at, at some point You're running a professional league and an amateur league by the same rules, by the same rules. And, and it doesn't work like that. And whether they break away or not, formally it's time that they operate under a different set of rules and and so much of this and he got referenced in Dellinger's story and he's exactly right so much of this and this is something football fans fail to think about and I'm guilty about it so much of the NCAA's concern is the NCAA men's basketball tournament mm -hmm. it makes them so much money and if the power five break away yeah basketball goes with it basketball yeah so all of a sudden I guess 65 teams break away. Well, do they have a 65-team tournament? And then you have another 65-team tournament. And how many people would pay to watch Gonzaga versus Creighton in a – Well, and, and, and Gonzaga's going, hey, can we get in with you guys and just play basketball? Can yeah, we and the answer is no, because the, you're not contributing enough to the pie. I've long said I keep waiting for the Power Five to go, hey, you know, this is kind of stupid, really. We could have a 64-team tournament. We have our 60 teams, yeah. We, you literally could have a 65-team tournament where teams 64 and 65 have a play-in game. And that's the tournament. And you 64 teams, boom, know how to do that. You're all in. I mean, we've done this before. You know, and so you, you go there and then you take all of that money and instead of splitting it 300 in whatever ways, you split it 65 ways. And people would still be more than happy to bet on the every Power 5 team in a tournament and watch it and the whole deal. We're in. And you'd still get the upset. Because yeah. you get, like, let's use an example. You'd get, let's say Georgia. You'd get a Georgia team that was 5-13 and 13 in the league, but hey, they won four of their last five and then they won two in the SEC tournament. They're red hot, and they're a 14 seed playing third seed Oklahoma in the first round. I'm watching. Yeah. I'm betting on it. I've still got my bracket. Yeah, I Somebody mean, will pop somebody. 
I keep, yeah, so all the things that make the tournament popular, you'd still have it, except now you just have nothing but big names. And like a second round, we really, you're cooking now. Sure. Nothing gets down to 32. Suddenly, it's, it's top 25 teams almost playing every game. But all the things that make the tournament fun would still be in place. The only thing you'd miss is you'd, you wouldn't have that Cinderella. Sam Houston State versus Kentucky first round game where Sam Houston State's down seven with five and a half to go, and everybody's going, Do you think maybe? But that's true because that's you don't like, because if Georgia wins, you go, Okay, well, awesome. Well, yeah, if it's, if it's 16-seeded <laughs> Iowa State versus number one seed Kentucky, it doesn't have the same oomph. So you'd still – but the point is financially, it, it, you'd divide the money 65 ways, not 330 ways. With the NCAA getting that large chunk themselves anyway. Yeah, so that – I mean, the NCAA of- made, what, $700 million on the tournament last year? Yeah. I mean, come on now. They can't afford to lose it. So, so I don't you – know, Because he, they die without it. Sankey said it's not happening. I don't know whether it is or isn't. I, I continue to have an eye towards the, like, 2024, 2025, when some of the TV contracts expire, some of the conference grant and rights expire, whether we have a restructuring at that point. We'll see. What do those te- What do those schools do at other sports? Just play themselves in all- in every sport? Are they still NCAA participants in other sports? Well, I mean, that's always been something people talked about. But Sankey said today that was that was not a. Well, I know, just hypothetically, should have yeah. should a split happen? I mean, are, are are men's golf and track just playing each other too? Or are they still NCAA teams? No, I think they split. Yeah, I think they split. But, you know, you could have men's golf, for example. They'd still play in tournaments. They'd still play SEC. And now instead of playing some of those – They'd still call themselves national champion if you beat every other Power 5 team. Yeah, so maybe you have a, you know, an ACC-SEC tournament. I don't know, a Big 12, Big 10. (laughs) I mean, we do this in basketball now, and it's kind of successful, right? We have the Big Big 12 SEC showdown where – The ACC plays the Big 10, right? Yeah, I mean, people like that stuff. I mean, oh, a football one would work. Take one weekend and the and the SEC plays the Big Ten. One weekend, you see that thing and play it out. Everybody, of course. you don't think that'd be a hit, do you? Yeah, SEC Big Ten weekend. If I if I tell if I tell Ole Miss season ticket holders or potential season ticket holders, hey, instead of playing uh, Liberty, you get Michigan State. You get yeah, Penn State's coming to town. Yeah. Oh, well, and next year instead of going to Memphis, hey, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna go to Wisconsin. It changes the value. Yeah, I mean, you know, could take a road trip to Champaign. Sure. Right. I mean, sure. I mean, I've long thought that. I mean, I you, you've. I mean, what's in it? Ole Miss plays Tulane. Yep. I mean, what's in it really for Ole Miss to play Tulane in in Oxford? Nothing ever. I mean, I, it's long been my heel. As I would tell Tulane, I'll play you every other year, but I'm playing you in New Orleans every time. Don't yeah, worry. You give your fans a trip, but from a money standpoint, what's the money there? Nothing. I mean, and so you Tulane – I don't know what Ole Miss is playing Tulane this year. I guess a million bucks. Ish. Sure. Ish. I don't know. I mean, if I'm way off, I'm way off. I apologize to anyone at Ole Miss who will be mad at me for saying it. I have no idea. But that would be my guess, 800000 a million, somewhere in there. 
What's Ole Miss get out of that? I mean, as long as they win, it's just it's nothing. If they lose, it's humiliation and embarrassment and all that stuff. No, the the, the, the argument there has been if you're going to go to one of those teams, you might as well go to Tulane. Yeah, go to Tulane because at least you give your fans a, a fun trip. Yeah. Um, but would you be better off from a financial standpoint instead of playing Tulane at home this year? Would you be better off playing Iowa at home this year? Of course. You'd sell more tickets. It'd be more interesting. You'd get more eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Sure. You get a great TV time slot that weekend. Whole deal. Yeah. I mean, you're trying to – I know for a fact all over college athletics, this, this getting people to actually buy tickets and come to games is a major concern. Getting people to buy season tickets mm-hmm. is a concern where you can budget that money. Well, make the schedule super attractive and they're more apt to do it. If it becomes to, gets to a place where, you know what, I really want to go see – Penn State's coming to town – I really want to go see that game. I better buy season tickets. It's the battle versus programs that college football for so long for the non-playoff teams became how many games can I win and that number mattering more than anything else. So yep. you play the four non-conferences, you're never going to lose. You try to look for this win and this win because, you know, especially as time moves on, you don't ever go, hey, what – Arkansas go that year. They go, hey, Arkansas went nine and three. Nobody goes, yeah, but let's pull the schedule out. Who'd they really beat? Never. Not a thing. You, you went nine and three. You went eight and four. I mean, you had Scott Strickland that apologized to state fans after they lost Oklahoma State in that opener a few years ago when, 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 he, when he was there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so, it shouldn't have played that game. Still one of the crazier things I've ever seen is you tell your fan base, sorry for scheduling a quality opponent. We'll go back to playing – Austin P and Memphis and whomever the rest of the time. <laughs> but that's the world you're in. It's, it, it's how many games did you win, period. And now we're in a 12-game, 12 12-team 12 playoff deal in a, in a year or so that maybe makes you more apt to play games. Yeah, Who knows that, what? Does it make it more valuable? Well, I mean, it gives you more margin for error from a loss standpoint. But, I mean, you know, if, if you're – I mean, gosh, if you're an SEC program and there's a 12-team playoff and your goal is let's just get to six, I mean, how do you justify that? No, because nine gets you in. Yeah, I mean. Nine and three is cusp in. Especially if it's a strong nine. Yeah. And if it's a strong. Or even just a beat who you're supposed to beat. I mean, Ole Miss in a 12-teamer in the right year could get there even losing to Bama, A&M, and Auburn. Yeah. Because there's no bad loss. Yeah. Those three teams are all, let's say, in the top eight, just for the hypothetical. And then you look at it and go, well, look, they beat who they're supposed to beat. They beat State. They beat Arkansas. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat Tennessee. And they beat LSU in this circumstance. Sure. Rebels are in. 12 seed. Play Bama first week. Have at it. Might even do you a favor and make Clemson the one so we don't have a game that's already been played once. Okay. Sure. No, nine and three. It, it, it twelve team play. It's a twelve team playoff. Nine and three is the new number. But to my point, you'd have several teams at nine and three, and you would differentiate them by who 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 they beat and who they lost to. Sure. The more quality wins you'd have, the better off you'd be. So that that win over Austin P and that win over Tulane and that win over Liberty wouldn't get you very far. I mean, two thousand fourteen, Ole Miss went to the Peach Bowl. 
and which means they were a top 12 team because they were 12 access bowl spots. Yeah. And they did it at nine and three. And went the next year too with three losses, right? Or yeah. two losses. Florida, Memphis, Arkansas. Three. Oh, so three losses, yeah. Yeah, nine and three back-to-back years. Yeah. But as you said, they've got the win over – they got Bama on both years with a win, which yeah. carries you a long way. That 14 season is an interesting one there because, yeah, you lose to Arkansas, LSU, and Auburn and still technically would have gotten in a 12-team playoff. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah. But you got wins over A&M and Alabama and you beat Boise State in that high-profile kickoff game. And in that 14 season, the loss at Arkansas was a blowout. It was 30 to nothing. 30 zip. Still made the playoff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're in. No, it's – yeah, it's – the 12-team playoff thing's a game changer. It's a game changer. It's, I think it's never it's been more valuable to be in the SEC than when a 12-team playoff goes into the tank. Yeah, it's what's because that's you sitting in other conferences. The Big Twelve at nine and three, and you're struggling to get in. You're you're in trouble. Yeah, it's why the SEC signed off on it. Yeah, they, they knew it meant four, four teams. Four teams. Yeah, we're and in some years five. Yeah, group of five gets one spot probably, and then you fill it. Yeah, all the champs, and then a, one group of five, and I guess you keep an eye on Notre Dame. Then after that, you start taking the best teams, and often that's the SEC teams. Yeah. Kind of a performance are you expecting out of Lane Kiffin tomorrow? His lane's dry. Everybody still that doesn't really know him or hasn't paid much attention to him, which is amazing given his persona everywhere. Still expecting this, like, bombastic Spurrier guy, and it is just not Lane in any way. He's, he's going to be quiet, my guess. Uh, he'll have some self-effacing humor. I am – I am interested to see whether anyone has the audacity to ask him about the Clarion Ledger story. Okay. Which – Really, really, really bothers me to this day. Um, you're like, oh, God, I can't believe you brought it up. No, but I, no, 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 no. I am interested to see if it comes up tomorrow. And if it does, how the, the questioner frames the question in a way that is not a personal affront to a human being. This is not a scandal. In any shape, form, or fashion. I mean... Look, the most, quote, scandalous, end quote, thing here is an age gap. That is not a scandal. This is not Hugh Freeze, Hugh, what was on those phone numbers? This is not, this okay, is not. Okay, okay, here's the thing. Like, look, the Clarion Ledger, I mean, I, I'm, I'm using report in the most loose terms imaginable here. As I, well, as you I, and I have not even talked about this privately. No, we haven't. No, this is the first time we're having this conversation at all. Uh, well, <laughs> there's a couple things here, though. A, Lane gets attention on anything Lane does, period. Sure, sure. And I'm not blaming Lane. I thought it was funny. But I don't think it's written about even in the sense of an aggregation if he doesn't respond on Twitter about it. That opened up the ability to at least aggregate. It, okay, it did. You're right. 
You're, you're, you are. You he are. Like he goes, hey, there's a rumor around Oxford. You catch this, guys. Like, and to, and to be fair, nobody's a cheerleader. Like, <laughs> I mean, it would be like someone saying, I mean, yes, I mean, she was a cheerleader. She's no longer a cheerleader. I mean, she's not a student. Well, yeah, that's my point. It'd be like saying Rivals.com hires Fidel when you got hired by old, like the cover of Old Mess. I mean, like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> former football player Neil McGrady. Yeah, like really former. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Um, no, it's it, okay. Here's my thing. You sure. I understand that by Kiffin tweeting what he tweeted, it opened the door. Now, look, it should not have been walked through. Don't, no, yeah, don't, don't, don't misinterpret. Where is hand raised guy in Jackson that goes, This is a bad idea? This is a bad idea. What, what, are, what are we, what, what is the story here? Let me see if I get the story straight. I mean, this was meant for the straight face. I mean, the, 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 the sentences in this story single man dates. Single woman. Okay, so question, are any of them underage? No, no one's underage. No. Uh, is there any allegation of abuse? None, there's none. Complete um, So why are we writing about this? He's, he's a single man, he's divorced, having a, what appears to be a, a completely, um, it's just a relationship. That's it. I mean, I, was, I mean, I was, there's no, there's no allegation of, of impropriety. There's no allegation of assault or abuse or anything. It appears to be 100% consensual to whatever degree it is. Frankly, I don't even think it's my business to talk about it right now. I mean, it, it, so someone makes up a rumor about her and, and, and I don't know why he addressed it, although I'm sure that Lane Kiffin's a human being, and I'm going to guess that at this point in their relationship, he cares for her on some some emotional level, perhaps, and 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 maybe he just felt like he needed to defend her by by diffusing it, and and so you write about it, just insane. But I am curious to see if he gets asked about it tomorrow because. No, there like are people in our profession, there are people in our field that are so tone deaf. You really think it's possible somebody asked about it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Possible? I, mean, I know Clay Travis once asked Tebow about his virginity, but. That was Clay, wasn't it? It was. Oh, my God. He's come a long way now. It's been a minute. It's been hundreds of millions of dollars since that yeah. moment. I, I, I just. Yeah. Like, I mean, the, the lead of this story, Lane Kiffin has taken to Twitter to clear up social media's latest rumor about him. The Ole Miss football coach acknowledged a claim he impregnated a 24-year-old former Ole Miss cheerleader. Impregnated. God. I mean. <laughs> Kiffin quote, quote tweeted the rumor from Twitter user Josh Wright, who says he's a Mississippi State fan, according to his account biography. Well, then. <laughs> Surprised they didn't say identifies as a Mississippi State fan. <sighs> I 
I mean, look, here's the truth. Matt, baby. And somebody saw clicks. Oh, well, there's no question they saw clicks. It's, yeah. Whatever. Does it, get, does it get asked? I'll give it a 40% chance. That's about right. That's probably right, good. Because, I mean, even the idiot who's tone deaf has still got to raise his hand, get the mic, and ask the question. So, Coach, are you joking about it? Hey, so you had to fight some pregnancy rumors on Twitter? Like, what do you even say? Like, how do you – I don't even know how you would begin to – if someone told me, Neil, you have to ask that question. I mean, I'd, I'd be sitting there for an hour going, I don't even know how to phrase this. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start the couching of the question. So, Lane, did you think about ignoring it or what made you actually acknowledge it? If you told me I had to do it, that's probably where I would go. Just curious what made you? What made you address that? Of, of all the things that are said about you, what made you address that? Yeah. And these answers probably it wasn't about me. It was about somebody else. And that's why I addressed it. It was about somebody in yeah. my life. Yeah, sure. And for the record, it's none of my damn business. No, God, no. And I don't care. Yeah. Whatever I mean, they'd like to do is perfectly fine. I, I mean, it is, that, is, that is truly a topic that is between the two of them. And I, and I suppose their families. Yeah, sure. But not me. Uh, none of my business. I mean, I'm not sure if he walked up to me and, t- and said, hey, would you like to know? I might say, you know, not really. I'm good. I'm good. Not not particularly. Not a, not really a story that I want. Oh. And so to sit there in that room and go, let's turn this into a story. I didn't even believe it. I, it was on Saturday, I guess. I saw that someone was referencing it. And I thought they were joking. And then I hit the link and I'm like, is that real? It's also somebody who sees clicks or whatever and – I don't know who, what was run by who, I don't know, whatever, but also clearly somebody who doesn't live here. You know? And was it written by somebody who has to be accountable to it? Uh, Rashad Millingen, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, asking me to name Gannett employees at this moment, I, I don't know. Because, you know, if it's, I, I'd want to know, is it, you know, I'll tell you this, is, is Sus still on the beat? As far as I'm aware of. I would be furious if I were him. Appears to just be a staff writer. Yeah, I'd I'd be livid if I were him because now I've got to answer to that. Like, hey, because if I'm Ole Miss, I'm I'm saying to the Clarion Ledger in general, and I'm I'm probably nicks the face of that. I'm saying, why? Um, he joined the Hattiesburg American Clarion Ledger and USA Today Network in November 2019. Uh, Looks like covered Jackson State and Dion last year. Uh, oh, I mean, Nate might have been on vacation and just gotten a call going, hey, heads up, this is coming through. I don't know. Or found out when we found out. Well, true. At which point I would have called somebody. It would have been bad. <laughs> You yeah. interrupted your vacation for 20 minutes. Would have been really bad. Yeah. No, I, I mean, 
there's a lot of things that are aggregated on websites that when I see them, I go, huh, I never even thought to write that. And no. that might top the list. Like just, just, just. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do, I do, I see things every day and go, huh, that was the story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> so this, that's a new one. I mean, man has consensual relationship with woman, whether, yeah. whether, whether on the eight. Well, yeah, I mean, we had, you know, there was, there was clear ethics questions on like, you know, how to handle some of Andy's stuff that year. This is not that. I mean, there were court filings involved. Like, okay. Then that's yeah. I mean, deal. yeah. And even then, like you said, it was super awkward. Oh God. Cause you knew it was impacting people. I mean, yeah. I, I, I know that Kimber was really upset about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. I mean, Lane's going to get up, ask a ton of football questions. He's going to get a COVID question. He's going to get some NIL questions, basic stuff. I mean, I don't, I don't expect anything overly circus from, from no, I, I think a lot of people who are expecting it to be a circus are going to walk away sort of disappointed. And those of us who have now covered him for a year are going to say, well, we've tried to tell you, I mean, I tell people that in interviews all the time that Lane Kiffin on Twitter and the Lane Kiffin that we deal with, on Zoom calls, two different people. I mean, he might take a couple shots sarcastically at a few things, and that'll be about it. Yeah. And he's going to get really bored when somebody goes, hey, can you talk about your linebackers? <laughs> well, like, even the thing when they say, you know, Coach, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your team as you get ready for the 2021 season. He doesn't seem like the type that's going to go down the depth chart. Because some of the coaches will do that. Well, at quarterback, and then at running back, and then wide receiver. Well, it was one of the big mistakes Freeze made years ago when he knew it was gonna, there were going to be a lot of questions, and he even he went all the way through it, even talking about holders and deep snappers, trying to filibuster it. Yeah. It was was it less that would give like updates on his family members and stuff during that portion. He would like go through all of his kids, tell you what they were doing right now. I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole deal. The best one was Spurrier. I mean, Spurrier was the absolute king of SEC Media Day speeches. I don't know that anybody could ever be any much any better than him. No, because he when, when he got done talking, everybody was in a good mood. He's put everybody in a good mood. You went, all right, we're gonna laugh at you for a little while, and he would tell jokes and he would make fun of the beat writers and make fun of himself, and and then he would tell some more jokes and he would do the all shucks thing that he does. And then that was it. And it was funny. If you talk to Bob Holt today, I'm sure he's there. Is he have like a throne in the front row? How does that, how does that work? I did talk to Bob today. Bob was having a very detailed conversation about um, the, the alternate routes now from, uh, from, you know, because the bridge in, in Memphis is out. The Arkansas. Oh, Helena and stuff. Yeah, talking about going through Brinkley and all that. So we, we, we had a long conversation about that. And, you know, Bob's very fascinated about, you know, why Campbell chose Arkansas. And I'm like, you know, Bob, if you want to call her and talk to her and do a story, you, you probably could. But, I mean, you know, you're better off talking to her than you are me. I don't know. So, but, yeah, I talked to Bob. He was up – he was stationed up front. There was not as many riders this year as usual. It's not nearly as crowded today. Um, they, we did the, the mask thing. We've been asked not to follow coaches around. 
and congregate around. Yeah, told that you can do that next year, but not this year. Um, yeah, it's I'm actually curious tomorrow, will there actually end up being more access than normally there would be because of fewer bodies? It's true. Yeah, because typically it's just kind of cattle call and whatever, and there's no way to. Well, like, yeah, like, you know, like Luke's last year, there were 30-something people in the room. Yeah. Big dinner plans going out on, was it? Five points or whatever they call it there in Birmingham. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have such big dinner plans. Um, I hadn't even thought about it, honestly. I've, I've got – Game six tonight? Game six is tomorrow night. Okay. By the way, I know the ratings are down, and I get it, but these last two games have been phenomenal basketball games. The Game five was a great basketball game. I find myself pulling for the Bucks for a reason I'm not aware of. I don't, I don't know why, but I just kind of am, am, am – I, I guess it's just Giannis getting one maybe. I think that's, that's all I can really come up with. I like Giannis Antetokounmpo, the human being. And so I think I'm cheering for him. I like – I've always admired Chris Middleton's game. I've always liked Drew Holiday a lot. I like that team. I think I'm cheering I, – I, I know I'm cheering for the Bucks because I – I, when when the holiday stripped Booker of the ball and did the alley oop to Antetokounmpo, I was caught myself being pretty excited. That was a great play, by the way. I don't know if, have you seen it? No, I have not. No. So he steals the ball. the The Bucks were up one. The Suns had the ball, and Booker kind of dribbled into traffic, and. Holiday snuck to his blind side, and when Booker turned into it, he stole the ball, took it up the left wing, and you kept thinking he would just hold it because it was under 20 seconds. He'd have to get fouled. And the Suns' transition defense was sort of chaotic, which was expected. And Antetokounmpo sprinted and then cut to the right, and you saw their eyes make eye contact. Mm-hmm. And he makes Holiday makes a perfect lob pass, and Antetokounmpo jumps, avoids his head hitting the bottom of the backboard, oh. dumps the ball, gets fouled. It was crazy, just a crazy game. If you'd like to bet, however, if you think there's a chance of uh, another streak happening here, the uh, the Suns, you can get some good numbers here because the Bucks are all the way at minus four hundred to win the NBA title. Mm. So you could uh, you get some money on the Suns right now. What are the Suns, what, what's the Suns what's the Suns line to win the title? Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm, 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 I don't see it, but just based on oh no, sorry, plus three twenty. Ooh, yeah, you can get twenty to for Phoenix to win. They were the best road team in the NBA all season. The Suns were so they have to win one road game and one home and game, and then go win at home. Yeah, and uh, these games have been really close. Chris Paul now a plus nine hundred shot to win the Finals MVP. Who's the favorite, Giannis? At minus four hundred, yeah. 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 Um, the, the the top Suns player to win the MVP is Devin Booker at plus five hundred. Yeah, I would think if they were to come back and win, Booker would be the MVP. Right now, the only person that you could think about voting for other than Giannis is you could make a case for Chris Middleton. 
and I don't see his odds anywhere here. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be honest. It, he's, he's one win away from completely changing the narrative about him. I mean, to here's this young guy that this isn't fair, but it's going to be said, and I think it's valid. This, if, if Milwaukee wins – his championship, one championship, is going to be rivaled by only that, in my opinion, of Dirk's one championship. Okay. It will be – his one championship will have more cachet than Kevin Durant's two championships combined. Well, 100% on that. No, 100%. Because Giannis did what Kevin Durant elected not to do. He stayed, signed the deal – and then put a team on his back and took him to a title. Yeah. If and he can win one more game. Oh, it's a – it's – I mean, it's – yeah, it's really – I mean, you're running all the way back through the turn of the millennium, really. I mean, that's a short list. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's if Iverson wins it for the Nets. Yeah. Uh, well, Sixers, but yeah. yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, no, it's, it's Dirk. It's um, – That's about it. Ooh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Because, like, Wade didn't get one before he was joined, did he? No, uh-uh, no, no. They brought – he got one with, with Shaq. I it's, mean, it's Kobe. It's, it's, it's that – trying to think. Am I missing – is there something I'm missing? Uh, yeah, I mean, just now because I'm curious. I'm pulling up the NBA champions in the last 20 years. Um I, it's a little bit of Tim Duncan staying in San Antonio, but he was surrounded by really great players. Because here, yes, yeah, like, look at look at this from two thousand. Well, no, hell, let's go even farther back. Sure. From, I mean, go back to Magic and Bird. That's, That's the start of the new era. Yeah, so we get through Magic and Bird because. Here's the deal. With them all winning back-to-back-to-back-to-back and all that crap, the only two during the 80s else that won, the Supersonics win in 79 and the Sixers win in 83. Yeah. And after that, it's Lakers or Celtics forever. Then it's Pistons two in a row, 89-90. But that team had more than one star. Then it's Bulls, and then it's – Rockets. And then back to the Bulls. Spurs, Lakers, 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 Spurs. Now, 04, the Pistons won. That's an interesting team. That's Rasheed Wallace and yeah, Chauncey Phillips and those guys? Yeah. But that's not one star saying, I'm staying and I'm carrying you. No, that team was uh, Billups, Richard Hamilton, Lindsey Hunter, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. Corliss Williamson. Good team. Yeah, good team. Interesting they won a title, frankly, but good team. Uh, Spurs, Heat. So, Heat, no six. But that was Shaq, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Lakers, Lakers, Mavericks, Heat, Spurs, Warriors, Cavs. So, I guess LeBron with the Cavs. Yeah. Warriors, Raptors, Lakers, and now this. Yeah, the Raptors. If you want to give it to one player, but it doesn't feel like that. But he didn't. He was a rental player. He played for one year. I mean, they bought a title. 
Yeah, this is this is dirt. This is what it, Reggie Miller would have had this if he could have ever gotten over the hump and won one. He stayed in Indiana when he could have left. Would you put Elijah Wan in this category for his titles? I mean, think about it. But I mean, he did he ever? I don't know. Was he ever disgruntled enough to even think about leaving? I don't think so. Because there were rumblings that Giannis was disgruntled. You know that. I'm just looking at his roster around him in Houston. It was good. But nobody's jumping off that page at you. Yeah. I mean, it's Robert Ory and Sam Cassell. Vernon Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, but, but, but I do think this, you make a great – That's look at you talking NBA. Um, I mean, I think Giannis has a chance to be – Thought of when it's all over, if he can win another title, thought of as kind of an Akeem Olajuwon sort of player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Patrick Ewan didn't get it done. Yeah. No, it's, it's really hard. And that's why a lot of guys bolt. I mean, LeBron went back to Cleveland, but he left Cleveland. Kevin Durant – had he stayed in Oklahoma City, I mean, that would be taking the ultimate small market team and getting them to a title. Mm. And it would have completely changed the arc of it, the way that his career is viewed. Now, he may not care, but Giannis is going to get more basketball love for winning one title than Durant ever did for the two that he won. Mm-hmm. I mean, Durant really, his, his star faded in a bigger market. Yeah. Uh, two other little gambling betting things of interest. One, uh, two Wimbledon matches are under investigation after irregular betting patterns were flagged by bookmakers. Oh! The uh, International Tennis Integrity, Integrity Agency said. Um, what the, matches? The, I don't know. They did not identify and said it was an ongoing investigation. Oh, my goodness. And then uh, – also would rock a sport. Yeah. And then here, uh, Grind, if we were doing a stream, would not be overly happy – the uh, two biggest, um, I guess, interest things in college sports books so far, sports books about college football so far, is betters backing Arizona State over their win total, the over eight and a half um, for the Sun Devils. They're all over that. And then the biggest fade team in the country right now, the Auburn Tigers, the money on them to win under seven games. Whoa. Yeah. All right, so help me here for a minute before we close because we're going to do SEC football and beyond in a couple hours. We're talking about Auburn and Tennessee, I think. Okay. What's your feeling on what's your feeling on Auburn? I, like Tennessee, I think it's pretty easy to have a pulse on them. I don't think they're going to be very good. If I've Auburn's, got Auburn winning Auburn's a lot of games, it's simply because I'm am used to Auburn winning games in my head. I don't like Bo Nix. You're betting on the uniform. The running back yeah. is fan, the running back is fantastic. He is, yeah, yeah. And, and they've got a really good linebacker. Um, but, but when you not, look at their schedule, if you said something fell weirdly, it wouldn't shock me if they lose a bunch of football games. They got bailed out last year from last year being a really bad football season. They should have lost to Ole Miss and Arkansas. Absolutely. I, frankly, basically did lose those two games. Yeah. I mean, 
the Arkansas the Arkansas game was literally a loss that the, the call was missed. The Ole Miss game, if you're an Auburn fan, you could argue that even if they get the call right, oh, well, we still would have come back. We were scoring, blah, blah, blah. But you'd have been down eight with four minutes to go. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have been in big trouble. It's conceivable that you would have come back and tied the game and won it in overtime. Sure, I, I, okay. Fair. Yeah, it says the, the, the paragraph here, so I'm not even paraphrasing, says the two college football teams that have attracted the most interest at Caesars Sportsbook are Auburn and Arizona State. Betters were fading the Tigers and backing the Sun Devils. The price to bet the under on Auburn seven has gone from plus 125 to minus 105. The price to bet the over on Arizona State, eight and a half, has gone from minus 110 to minus 125. The director of the uh, sports book says, it wouldn't surprise me if we were off on some win totals. Usually there's a pretty good formula for these. You've got 12 games. They went 10 and two last year. They've got this many starters returning. You look at their schedule and you can pretty much make a number, but there's not much to base off last year. And so many kids are coming back with that extra COVID season. So. Well, it's, it's most certainly one of Ole Miss's swing games. There's no way around that. Yeah. So sharps, they're not on, uh, not on the Tigers and uh, in this one. So anyway, what time's Lane Kiffin tomorrow? Uh, I think he's at the podium at 11 something. Okay. We've got a little separate, thing with him so I, I can't remember the times i've got it all down somewhere okay was okay. the was the british open a surprise as to who won other than just the scores were also low uh scores were low because the weather was really really good you never got the day of rain and wind and those courses are built for that's the defense so if you don't have that they they, they run all over it um i think i kind of wanted speed to win but no, Morikawa is potentially the best iron player in the world right now. Um, he does not come back to you. He hits the ball incredibly pure. It's he's He has a chance to really go on one of these runs. You know, we say that about a lot of golfers, and it's really hard to kind of keep it going and stay in form. But I think he he and Tiger are maybe the only two, and maybe Spieth, um, the only two guys under, like, 25 years old that have won two majors to this, you know, at that, at that age or something like that. So – I don't even know anything about it, really. And I watched him swing, and you're like, whoa. No, it, that guy it has a gorgeous robot. swing. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a damn robot. I mean, it's just yeah. a single time. And look, his putting can get a little erratic. He can be a really bad putter at times. But every time he has to hit a shot, he seems to kind of get better in moments. I mean, we're talking about a guy that – I don't know if this has ever happened. And I, I saw the stat. I shouldn't know this, being a golf head. He won his debut – at the PGA Championship and his debut at the British Open. You just don't see that. That, that That's a really incredible thing there, and that's a pretty incredible stat. So, he uh, – you know, and two, just getting two majors now, even at such a young age, there's a lot of flukes for a one-major win. There aren't many flukes on that list for two or more. I mean, you're talking about a couple guys you wouldn't expect, but for the most part, that's a really freaking solid list. Because he's, what, 24 years old? Yeah, he's like 24 years old. So, he's got – a lot of time to pile up some championships. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's only been in this thing for – you know, and, again, it goes away. I mean, in 2014, we never would have thought, hey, Rory McIlroy's won the last two majors. He's not going to win another one, you know, in seven years to this point because he hasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Colin Morikawa is 24 years old. He turned 24 in February. That sport is just so competitive. I mean – Yes. Just – so many good players. Yeah, in the last – essentially, from the PGA he won last year 
He has a T18 in the Masters, a win in the PGA, a T4 in the U.S. Open, and a win in the Open Championship. Not a bad day to be him. No, he uh, he played college golf at Cal. He's only been doing this a pretty short period of time professionally. So, anyway, that business administration degree from Cal will have to wait. I think he's pretty set right now. He'll got some other things going on. So, anyway, Lane Kiffin tomorrow morning. All the coverage at rebelgrove.com. And then uh, some form of a podcast to talk about that and more at some point tomorrow. So, we'll uh, – Probably yeah. later tomorrow because yeah, – it'll be a while. Yeah, um, it'll got, got some stuff to get through. But we'll get that to you. Hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you again very soon. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.